Hey guys, it's Millie. I'd like for you to all do me a solid and go to YouTube and search for Escaping Narcissistic Mothers. You're going to see the same logo. It's the purple butterfly. And go on there, subscribe to my page. And if you want to see instead of listen to the podcast, by all means, go to YouTube and do that. But, you know... Click the like button, watch it for a couple of minutes. It's gonna, I want to get this started. This is gonna be my only source of income, and I really appreciate um, getting that going on YouTube because that's gonna be a whole other group of people that have never heard or seen me. Um, so you're gonna see some old videos on there. But I stopped the YouTube thing. I'm going to try and revamp it and start over. So go ahead, subscribe, hit the like button, and hit the bell. Just like everyone else says. Thanks, guys. Love you all. Hi, everybody. I hope you're having a good day and a good week and a good month. And I know we're... Just a week away now, well, that's when I'm recording this. I don't know when you're, you'll be listening. Hopefully, it'll be after the holidays um, and the whole stress of, of the holiday situation and the hoovering will be a thing of the past at that point. Um, I wanted to record this podcast. It's usually, I have other podcasts in which I have talked about this, but... It's always something that people are really interested in, and it's narcissistic traits. But there's a huge difference between the narcissistic traits of a, a, a narcissist that's a romantic relationship and the narcissistic traits of someone who raised you, okay? They are completely different, right? So you may go online, and that's what I've done actually here. Um, you may go online and look for traits of narcissism, and they don't match up with your parent. And the reason is because it's a different story. They may actually behave this way with other people, but are they behaving this way with you? It's a completely different thing. And I think that is where there's that disconnect between the narcissist, believing that a romantic partner is a narcissist, which common, no problem, people have no problem believing that, um, because we've all been there, um, and believing that it's your mother, right? Especially your mother. Because there is a stigma about, hey, it's okay if it's your dad, as long as it's not mom. You know, it can't be mom. It can only be dad. So, I'm going to go through the traits of narcissism, and I'm going to translate them into the traits that you know more commonly. Okay? These are not just the straight traits and how they relate, but... Okay, what does this really mean with a parent? And that's, it's a huge deal.
It's a big difference, okay? All right, so let's get going with this. Um, just so that you guys know, please subscribe to my channel. This is a new thing um, that on my YouTube. So please subscribe to my channel, like the videos. If um, you are liking stuff, you know, share my videos. Get me out there because this is a topic that more people need to know about. Okay, you can even use my videos as a way to inform people who may be a little bit more open-minded. I know it's hard to find uh, people who are more open-minded about a mother being narcissistic, but just share it. Just, just keep sharing it. The more you share it, the better it is for me, of course. I'm not going to lie, right? But... The more that we get the word out about this kind of abuse that happens from the day you are born. And let me tell you something. It's not just, it's not just that from the day we're born, they actually plan to have children so they have narcissistic supply for at least 18 years. In my case, it was 42 years. And I know of cases of where it's 60 years, right? Where the child, the adult child doesn't figure it out until much, much later in life. And that is, that's a thing. I mean, that's, that's how it works, unfortunately. Okay, so let's, let's start with the traits. And um, I always do these podcasts talking to you guys like you're my friends because I feel like you are my friends because we are uniquely bonded by an experience that a lot of people don't have. Um, I do disagree with the fact that there is 5% of the population is narcissistic. Um, no, that's not, how would they even know? Hi, this is Millie. And you're listening to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you've been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners and thanks to my loyal friends. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word, and I will put all this in the show notes. Okay, so here are the traits of narcissism as they're listed on the internet. Um, I usually pick which, whichever one I want because they all say the same thing, but this is reachoutrecovery.com, nine traits of narcissism. Okay, um, I was saying before that 5% of the population is diagnosed with narcissism, except that is a problem for me. Why is that a problem for me? Because there's no way I have as many followers on Instagram as I do, and 5% of the population is narcissistic. Hey, Puffy! Okay. So, um, grandiosity and overestimates their worth and abilities. Okay? Now, we know that this is true with narcissists, right? We know that this is true. Hey, Puffy. 
Puffy is my big old kitty cat. Those of you that have heard my podcast have heard him before. Um, he may make up an, an appearance at some point. I'm sure he will. Because <laughs> he's being very inquisitive. Like cats are, right? Okay. So, grandiosity you know, overestimates their worth and abilities. We know that narcissists do this. This is this is how they behave. Um, but how does that translate to having a narcissistic mother or a narcissistic father. Um, first of all, they want you to see them that way. That's the biggest thing, is that they have a facade. And the facade makes them come off as being perfect, um, having a past that is perfect, for example, what my mother used to say to me, basically, I mean, she could have said, I was perfect, period. But the way that she stated it was, I was a straight A student in school. I was, um, I was a great daughter. Like everything that she did as a child, she was perfect at, right? So that's her sense of grandiosity. She was better than me. That's where this comes in. It comes in with the feeling of competition, the feeling of um, being better than you, not letting you be good at something, not letting you be successful, okay? That's where this comes in, okay? Um, I know that all of you have had that feeling of, is my mother jealous of me or my father? It depends on the dynamic. Um, when it's a father and a daughter, it's a different thing. The father and the daughter dynamics is more com combative. Like it's more about arguing and fighting, putting you down and uh, physical abuse and sometimes even sexual abuse. But I don't know if I'm not supposed to say that, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, there's so many restrictions on YouTube now, I'm, I'm kind of concerned. But um, anyway, this is how I talk on my podcast, and I'm going to continue to do it that way. Okay? Um, so there's that with the father and her daughter. But with the mother and her daughter, there's this sense of competitiveness. The mother does not want you to be successful. And if you happen to be successful or do something that she deems is better than how she did things, um, you're going to feel the jealousy. If they're not clear about being jealous, because sometimes they're pretty clear about it. But um, with my mother, it was always like, I just felt that. Is she jealous of me? I can't be right. That's what would go through my head, you know? Um, and yeah, they are jealous of you. And that's where this comes in. See, it's different. The, the traits are there, but it comes out different when it's a parent. And I hate that these nine traits are what are used to diagnose someone with narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder when... The nine traits themselves are general. Some of them are the same trait, just with different words. They did they made it sound different, but it's really the same thing. Um, but 
I know that this changes and I believe that at some point in time, I hope they will change the traits of narcissism to be more specific and to be like, this is a narcissist out in the wild and this is a narcissistic parent because it's different. Okay, so let's hope that happens because you guys are here because it's your parent, right? That's what I do. Not that I don't know about narcissistic uh, re- uh, romantic relationships because it, if you are raised by narcissists, you will have narcissistic partners. It goes hand in hand. So I will talk about that too. Okay. The belief of being special and only other special people are worth time and energy. That's a good one. And that one, again, in the in, in generalities, it's okay that they think they're better than other people. Absolutely 100% true. But how does that fit into us, to the children of narcissistic parents? Well, when I was growing up, I was only allowed to play with certain kids, okay? And it was solely based on their, what my mother considered to be people that were worthy of her time, right? That were on her same level. And the way that she measured that, I I know now what it was. It was racial, religion, um, money, right? What people always consider. But those things were things that were a part of her kind of, okay, they're on my level. Now, I have news for you. My mother, and they don't put this as a trait, was a big fat liar, okay? Lying is one of the biggest things that narcissists do. Okay, they lie, they hide, they cheat. And they don't come clean. You have to find out what the lie is. Okay, that is my big story. Um, And I'll probably make a podcast soon about that because why not retell the story? It's a great story. It was a story that changed my life for for the rest of my life. But it's a great story. It really is. Um, So they measured... My mother measured who I could be friends with based on the kids' parents. Who the heck cares, right? I mean, honestly, unless the parents were famous drug lords, I don't see why a child who is four or five years old should be not allowed to play with another child because of the parents or because the your mother deemed those parents not worthy of being able to play with you? My mother used to... There, are, I have so many examples of, of this, not just with friendships, but being allowed to do things. When I was in high school, and I don't remember exactly what the thing was that I wanted to do that she didn't want me to do, <laughs> but I remember you know, kind of begging, please, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. So it must have been a trip or something. And I said, everybody else is going. And she's like, well, you're the only one that's my child at that school. 
that is a perfect example of grandiosity, okay? I was above everyone else, and I didn't see myself that way. So it's very difficult for me to accept that I was supposed to see myself as different from the other girls I went to school with. I went to an all-Catholic, all-girl Catholic high school. Oh, no. I lost my page. There we go. Um, an all-girl Catholic high school, right? So since that was the case, I was like everyone else. And even if it wasn't an all-girl Catholic high school, but typical of a narcissist to do that, um, it, you know, I was like every other girl. And I wanted to do what the other girls were doing, whatever it was. Um, I can't even remember if I ended up doing the thing, you know, that my mother didn't want me to do. Sorry, my mouth got dry. I took a sip of water. Okay, so let's move on. So that's a sense of grandiosity. Okay, I can give you a million examples. I'm sure you have some yourselves, which I'm always interested in hearing. So please comment um, what, which of these traits it is and what examples you have of your own life of these traits, right? Of these traits being um, used on you. Okay. All right. So the next one fantasizes about success and their own brilliance as well as other personal qualifications that are special. Now, if you notice that is the same thing as grandiosity and overestimates their worth and abilities, that is the same thing. Okay. They are special. They fantasize about their own successes. I can tell you that for many, many years, I heard about my mother's job um, in the 1960s and early 70s when she came to the United States. And I will preface this by saying, I think this might be the case. It might not be. Remember I mentioned lying? That was my mother's specialty. So every time I talked about my job, and it, it usually came up around whenever I talked about being a teacher. Because I was a teacher. I was a high school math teacher. Um, she claimed she had been a teacher in Cuba. But she taught elementary school kids. It was a poor town. So it was basically go back about 100 years in time. It was a schoolhouse. That's how I imagined it. Um, because they had all the different, it was like watching Little House on the Prairie whenever she would talk about when she was a teacher. Because it was a schoolhouse and all the grades were in the same room. Like there was no other room, you know, it was just one house and that's where all the kids went and she had to teach all of them. Okay, so... Her mastery of math didn't go very far. I was a high school math teacher. Now, I didn't teach trigonometry or calculus. 
I still couldn't teach that. I, I did not like trig when I was in high school and I had to take it and in college. But, and I hated calculus. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just did. I was really good at math until trig. Um, so I taught algebra and geometry was what I taught in high school. And I would talk about, you know, whatever I was talking about. You know, it's not easy to teach high school kids. And I taught the intensive kids. So um, they came into class day one, moment one, hating me and hating the class. So I had to win them over. My mother had no idea what I dealt with. Zero. Um, she always brag about um, being the best teacher in the town or county or city. I don't, I can't, I don't know. Um, but that the principal would, you know, come in just to learn how she was teaching and this and that. And again, that goes with competing with me, trying to be better than me. And I would sit there and look at her like she had three heads because we're talking about two completely different worlds, even though it was teaching, right? I was teaching in, in a public school system. I was teaching high school kids. She taught in a little tiny schoolhouse somewhere in, in a little town in Cuba. Not the same thing. But that is what they do, okay? I imagine that a lot of what she said about her successes in the past and her jobs and not only that, but the men that liked her, okay? She used to brag about that. I know a lot of you probably can relate to that part of it. Um... She would, when, when we still lived in New York, she would come visit uh, her family in Florida and would hang out with her friends, you know, friends she knew from Cuba. They're almost all of them are here and would tell me that her friends would say, you know, so-and-so had a crush on you when you were, when we were teenagers and stuff like that. So she always had that fantasy life of every guy liked her she was the best um she was the best daughter and she was the best at everything so i'm sure that you guys can relate again please comment down in the comment section about this okay all right so let's move on um needs constant admiration all right so this is not really necessarily true they need constant attention. That shouldn't be admiration. Not every narcissist needs to be praised all the time. They need to have attention, whether that is positive or negative, okay? Um, and that's where we come in, okay? That's where we came in. That is why most of us, if you're watching and listening to this, it's because why you're watching and listening to this is because, well, you were the scapegoat. You were the one who figured out your parents' BS, right? You're the one that said, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm ringing the bell, right? You're, you're the, the, the chain breaker, right? The cycle stopper. That's who we are. And with that comes so many other things. But don't stop being that. Because we're special. We are so special. 
because we have survived the worst things that most humans can survive and we're thriving. And no matter where you are in this process, you're thriving too. Believe me, just getting up in the morning and functioning, even if it's only going and doing a dish, okay, or taking a shower, you are thriving. Believe me, you are thriving, okay? So um, they need constant attention. It's not always admiration. Now, did my mother look for admiration? 100%. Was it always from me? Sometimes. The admiration would come from things like her cooking, right? I'm not going to take that away from her. She was a great cook, right? Um, her decoration skills, she would put up a Christmas tree, a Christmas village, which I paid for. My mother passed away last year in September, and I am waiting to see when I'm going to get back all of the stuff I bought for her. I'm still waiting because I spent so much money on this woman. It's, it's disgusting. One being... She would put up this Christmas village, which was huge. It was huge, right? It took up in New York. It took up the back wall and then the side wall in the living room. It was huge. I bought almost every piece in that Christmas village. And they were movable pieces, so they were expensive. And they were from Hallmark. They were expensive. Okay. So anyway, she would do that because anybody that she would run into, she would say, hey, come to my apartment so you could praise me for what a great job I did of putting some pieces together and some cotton ball to make it look like snow. And um, she always did get the attention she was looking for. She did. Um, also, at any holiday, I mean, she cooked and everyone gave her attention. She made... You know, being Cuban, black beans that everyone, oh, your mother's black beans are the black best black beans I ever made, I've ever eaten. I really, truly believe that she just put sugar in it, and that's what people liked about it, that they were sweet. I don't know. But yes, they do need admiration, but they also need attention, and that comes in later in life, right? When we decide, okay, I'm done with this relationship, I'm going no contact, and they start to freak out. And they don't care if your attention is positive or negative. That's when they do the hoovering. And they're trying to get in touch with you. And doing everything in their power. And even if, if you're upset, that gives them more narcissistic supply. Because these are evil people, okay? I know that they're... they're there are a lot of people who believe this, what I'm about to say. But that's not always the case. That narcissists come from being abused themselves and we should feel sorry for them. Um, you, me, abused. But we're not narcissists. I don't give them a pass for that. And I never will give a narcissist a pass because... They were abused as kids. They made a choice to be who they are, and so did we. 
and we're not narcissists. We're not purposefully hurting people. And they do. Okay? They do hurt people on purpose. All right. Moving on. Moving on. All right. Has a sense of entitlement, i.e. believing that they are so special, others should give them favorable treatment. Um, that, again, how different is that from the sense of grandiosity? If you're grandiose, you're expecting special treatment. <laughs> so a lot of these traits, I have to say, they're just one trait. You know, these three are the same thing. Um, I can't really think of something from my childhood of my mother needing special treatment and getting special treatment. But what they mean by this is this. For example, walking into a restaurant, and a lot of you may have seen your parents do this. Um, and there were no, they were full. And they expected to be seated. Okay. Even though there was, they didn't make a reservation and there's no tables, they expect the special treatment. Okay. And this is where the Karen phenomenon comes from. Okay. You know, she, she's a Karen. Karens expect things to go their way, regardless of what the situation is. I mean, I know you've seen the Karen videos. I know you've seen them. Where they are literally in someone else's property and demanding things that they have no business demanding. That's a, a expecting special treatment. Expecting what they want in their minds to be done just because they want it. But that's not how the world works. Entitlement of everything is not how the world works. Right? We have to know where... Up to where we are right to be angry and expect something and where it's just not our business, even if it bothers us. We have neighbors behind us and they play loud music every weekend and it's annoying because we can't hang out outside because their music is blasted. But there's nothing we can do about it. There just isn't. It's not our business, right? They're not, it's not so loud that it's, you know, that we could call the police or report it. It, it we just have to live with it. It's not our business. <laughs> That's what, where you, a normal person goes, all right, it's, I just have to deal with it. And if I don't like it, I have to leave, right? It's not up to them to leave. I'm going to take another sip of water. Okay, so let's move on. Exploits others. For example, takes advantage of people as their right to do so. Okay, so that is something that they do in general to the general public and to us, right? They used us, especially narcissistic mothers and, daughter, and with their daughters, they saw us as an extension of themselves. And that's how they exploited us. They never let us be us. 
They needed us to be who they wanted us to be so that when someone came across us, they could brag or that it was visible, it was obvious, and it reflected on them, right? So we had to be a certain way. We had to be a straight-A student. We had to, you know, we were little dolls for them. Now, that's not necessarily exploitation. Exploitation is using someone for their gain. And the reason that they did that was because they didn't feel bad for anybody. And that's a trait that should be the first trait, lack of empathy. And I'll talk about that later. But exploiting someone is using them for whatever purpose they want right? So I'm sure that you guys have a lot of experience in them exploiting you. Now, I was raised an only child. I didn't have siblings. So I am the only scapegoat. There's because in a family dynamic, a narcissist will make one the scapegoat and the other one is a golden child. And then they're, you know, what the flying monkeys, whatever, right? And they can even switch those positions, right? They can switch their roles of the kids and then exploit them. How are they? How does that exploit them? She, uh, a narcissist, will start talking negatively to one of the kids about the other kids, start a fight, and then sit back and enjoy the show. Okay, so they do exploit kids. In a lot of cases, it's financial exploitation, right? I just mentioned something. Now, she never asked for it directly, but I knew that this is what she wanted. So I paid for all of those Christmas village pieces. I paid for her very expensive china, one piece at a time, because that's how expensive it was. And she really thought she was special with that china. And I don't, I, I, I see that china everywhere in movies. And it, it's a very common um, pattern. It's um, Royal Albert Old Country Roses, something like that. Similar to that. I can't remember now. But I bought the entire thing. I think she bought a few play settings without any extras. And I bought everything else. Everything else. Teapot, coffee pot, gravy boat, butter container, everything. Plus all the place settings, all the pieces, everything. That belongs to me because I bought it. Okay? So maybe someday I'll get it back. I don't know. I can get into talking about the the last will and testament. That's going to be another podcast, of course. Okay. So next trait. Typically arrogant and self-serving and patronizing of others. Again, that is very similar to exploits others. You know, patronizing of others, talking down to others. That is, it's, it's what, it's just how they are, right? It's just how they are. My mother put me down so much. It, I mean, that's, that's why we're here, right? That's why you're here. Because you started to notice that 
your mother or father kept putting you down and punished you and used you and lied to you, right? These are all things that they did on a a day-to-day basis to us. So that's it. I mean, I don't have a lot to say. It's the same as the other trait. These traits, that's why I'm saying, I know that there has to be a change because narcissism is widespread to the point where I believe that you're going to encounter narcissists everywhere. Okay. Now, not everyone that has narcissistic traits is a narcissist full blown. You have to have five out of the nine traits, but I, three of them are the same thing. So that's one trait. (laughs) If you, if you ask me, they're one trait. Okay. Okay. So this is the big one. And this is the one that I believe should have been number one in every list of narcissistic traits, lacks empathy. Okay. Now I will explain, they don't have zero empathy because zero empathy is going into psychopathic, you know, someone who is a psychopath. Now your parent may be, may be a dark triad where they're narcissistic Machiavellian and a psychopath. That's another podcast as well, because that's a lot of um, traits to put out. But Machiavellian is just someone who is so power hungry that they'll do whatever it takes to get power. Um, Psychopaths have no, um, have no empathy. They don't feel guilt. They don't have a conscience. So they do whatever and they don't feel anything. And they do horrible things because they want to feel something. That's basically it. But um, with our parents, lack of empathy meant that whatever they did to you, okay, whether it was putting you down because you didn't get the 100% on a test, you got a 99 and you come home and, and your mother says, what happened to the other point? She didn't feel bad about saying that, even though... 99 is still a fantastic grade, right? Why am I using this example? It happened to me. My mother put that much pressure on me with grades. I had to be perfect in that area to that extreme, that a 99 wasn't good enough. Um, And she didn't feel guilty. And the problem, and, and I mentioned this earlier, They say 5% of the population is narcissistic. No, it's not. First of all, they lack empathy. They do things. And they can never, they never feel responsible or guilty for anything. So whatever they do, they do it and then they're fine with it. And they're never wrong. So that is why, and then again, this this is going into more of what not to do with a narcissist. One of them is point out what they did wrong because all you're going to get is rage. You're going to get the silent treatment. You're going to get, I mean, they cannot hear that they did anything wrong, even though, boy, everything they do is, is wrong and it's bad and they shouldn't have done it. Um, so... That's that's a big one, right? Not having empathy or having little empathy. I don't know how you saw 
your parents' lack of empathy. But with me, it was more, eh, why are you upset about that? It's no big deal. And and I'll give you an example of, of what I'm talking about. Someone I worked with um, for many years who was, he was just a wonderful person. He, he really was. And I had lunch with him every day. He was old enough to be my father, so I didn't realize it at the time, but he really was a father figure to me. He's been gone for seven years now. I will try not to choke up because I do every time I talk about him. So I got the news one day I had gone to the dentist and I couldn't, I could barely, I couldn't talk, but I got home and I got a message from one of my old coworkers telling me that he had passed away and I started to cry and sob and my parents show up to my house and they, my father was barely ever talked, talks. <laughs> my father doesn't exist. I swear. He's just a ghost. Um, he never said anything. He never went against my mother. He was a typical enabler and still is. And she's been dead for over a year. He still is. He's in the fog and he, I don't expect to see him come out of it ever being in his eighties. He's not going to, but anyway, back to my coworker who passed away, I'm crying and she's asking what's going on. I can't talk. So I write it down and she goes, why are you so upset? Right? She could not understand that his death to me was huge. It was someone, he was a beam of light in a world filled with so much bad things, right? Filled with anger and hatred. He was just a beam of light wherever he went. And he had died. And I had to mourn that, right? Um, as it turns out, I've mourned him way more than I've mourned her. I didn't mourn her, but that's okay. Because um, I mourned her years ago when, when I went no contact. When she died, I cried, but I, that was it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't spend a whole lot of time in that sad state because I wasn't sad and I wasn't missing her because I wasn't talking to her. I hadn't talked to her in four years. So it was nothing different for me. Anyway, so she couldn't understand why I was so upset and was putting, making me feel guilty for having these big feelings, which I couldn't, I couldn't stop from having because that man was so special to me. And he still is, and every year on the date of his on, of his death, I I light a candle for him and I talk to him because I believe that he's my my spirit guide, a guardian angel. He was such a wonderful person. All right, so that's lack of empathy. I can go into I can say one more thing about lack of empathy with me personally, and that is that my mother. Her, my grandmother, her mother died when I was 18 and I didn't see my mother cry or act like she was upset about it. 
Um, I cried more for her than she cried for her own mother. So there you go, right? Talk about lack of empathy. Um, all I remember, and I was 18. I mean, I was a, an adult uh, for all intents and purposes. I remember that her friends were in my house and it was felt more like a celebration but not, they weren't talking about my grandmother and celebrating her life. It was more like a party. Like, you know, someone got a promotion and there was a party. That's what it felt like. Um, my mother was certainly not upset. Her best friend was, me and her were laughing because she, <laughs> her nail broke and she got nail glue and stuck her fingers together. So we were laughing at that. And that's what I remember from my grandmother's death. Now, I didn't know my grandmother. I met her once when I was six years old. Um, I can tell you this much. Even at six years old, I can tell she was the one that started this. Or at least she was part of the chain if she didn't start this. Um, out of my mother was the youngest of four siblings. One was not toxic narcissist and and she i believe recently passed away um the my mother her sister that lives here in florida as well huh wow her sister is a piece of work um and and his her son is the worst so anyway they lack empathy and that's dangerous because empathy is what keeps us from hurting people. Because when we hurt somebody, we feel for them. That's why we apologize and we say we're going to change our behavior because we feel bad. And they do not feel bad. So they continue to hurt people. Okay, so last one. Envious of others, although they won't show this, and also believes that others are envious of them. Okay, so yes, I saw my mother's envy of others, okay, and envious of me. Puffy, he's just being a bad boy today. I have three cats, but just the one is the one that's making the noise. Um, so my mother was envious. She was envious of me. She was envious of everyone. She would talk about material things and unfortunately puffy unfortunately um it i believe that unfortunately we get fleas what is called fleas and that means that there are some things that we get from our parents because we were raised in this and we didn't know that it was wrong and I think I, I've I've got and I'm being honest here and I'm and I'm working on that because I don't want to be envious of other people because I am where I'm supposed to be, right? And other people have other material wealth that I may not have, but that doesn't mean anything, right? I, I don't know that person's real life. And I'm trying to really work on myself on that. And that's what's important for us, is taking these traits, 
realizing when one of them stuck with us and trying to work on that because it's it's not good to have these negative traits. Now, do we have or behave in this way sometimes? Of course we do. We're human. We're human. But, you know, my mom was always envious of someone else. They bought a house here in Florida because of envy. I mean, she was envious of me because I did something that's unheard of. I divorced someone who was toxic and married someone that I love and have been married to for 15 years and still love. And I didn't even think that was possible. I thought that love faded. It doesn't have to fade. Okay? Yes, the beginning of a relationship is different than the rest of the relationship. But love will continue. Love is, if it's someone that you really truly love and they love you back, it's something that grows with time, not gets you know, is less with time. There's peaks and valleys just like everything else. But yeah, they, they're 100% envious. I want to tell a story, but I've been talking for a long time. The person who, who, who told my mother to come to this area lived in this area, an old friend of hers. And I remember going to her apartment and she's, she was a little bit, I think she was narcissistic too. Um, a little bit gaudy with her decoration because narcissists don't necessarily have good taste. They just want to show off. So it was stuff that was like, yeah, it's ugly. You maybe paid a lot for it, but it's not pretty. Anyway, I think my mom was very envious of her to the point where when they came to visit us or her house, my mother's house, she she accused her of laughing at my mother's um, decor and furniture and stopped talking to her. That woman died a few months before my mother and I was able to talk to her daughters and say, I don't know if you knew, if your mother informed you, but my mother stopped talking to her and I tried to smooth it over. I tried. And there was nothing I could do because the hatred my mother had for her was so strong that there was nothing I could do. But I always felt that that was someone that she shouldn't have lost touch with or stopped talking to because of envy and because she made up something in her mind. And that's something us that narcissists do is make things up um, in their minds that may, may not be may not have anything to do with them. Okay, so I hope that was helpful. Um, The traits of narcissism connected to how it shows up for us. And believe me, I I couldn't think of every possibility here. I did the best I could remembering the things that my mother did to me. Um, My podcasts are always very honest and open. I'm an open book. I want you to know my experience. I want you to know what I've learned because I want you to be better. That is my goal is to heal as many people as possible and not heal them. I mean, I can't heal you, but to inform you as much as I can about this situation. 
and to steer you in the right direction. And I do answer comments and I do go into my Instagram and if I get a DM, I will talk to you. So by all means, I will have all the links to my stuff in the comments um, and the show notes, um, including a Facebook group, which is private and secure. So you guys can talk to each other and it's been working out really well. I'm very happy with the group. Um, so I love you guys very much. And until next time.